You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. something while I eat my dinner um, and, and Netflix is like you remember that Dirk Gently's on right like Dirk Gently you've never watched Dirk Gently you should watch Dirk Gently so I was like fine Netflix I'll watch Dirk Gently and I basically went and finished the whole it's pretty good is it good? I knew that I was going to enjoy it um, but like here's the thing I'm not a huge fan of Elijah Wood Okay. I like it in spite of Elijah Wood. I is. feel like I can't watch Dirk Gently because it's the showrunner is Max Landis, and he's a real piece of human trash. Oh. Um, he's one of those types of guys that when somebody says what you said is inappropriate, he goes, what? I didn't say anything inappropriate. I'm one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And it's like it, like that's Instead always his, like, like sort of oh. justification rather than owning like oh I can see how that might have offended somebody. Right. He's always like he always like doubles down on like uh it's like the it's like the I'm not racist I have black friends defense. Oh, it's like that yeah, sort of thing terrible. where he's like I'm not sexist because he wrote the article about Ray being a Mary Sue. Right? Oh, he wrote he like I he wrote that, that article. That's so lame. Or I don't know if it was an article or if it was like a vlog or something like yeah. that. But that came from him. Oh. And um, obviously that thinking is inherently sexist because by the logic that Ray is a Mary Sue, Luke Skywalker is also a Mary Sue. Mm. But we overlook it because Luke is a man. So, like, we're okay with it, right? Because if you think about it, it's like Luke is some punk kid from a farm town Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere who flies around uh, 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 his little, like, the equivalent of, like, a biplane. Like, he he basically, like, flies a crop duster. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, he's flying a fighter plane and blows up the Death Star with zero training whatsoever. He's also able to use his lightsaber and use the force and everything in the middle of the movie. He's able to sit in the gunner, the like yeah. the gun well and and shoot down TIE fighters and like he can shoot a blaster and he can do this and he can do that. And like nobody would ever question how could like Luke Skywalker can shoot a blaster and like granted 
Luke shoots the hit the blaster rifle at the stormtroopers and misses every time. Leia takes it from him and shoots <laughs> two stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, which is its own thing. But like there like the when when Vader is like like after he's killed Obi Wan, he's about to turn to them. Somebody says blast the door or something like that. Or right. I can't remember what what the what, what the line is or what but it's like like Luke, come on, and and right. he tur- like he looks and he points the blaster rifle, and from across the hangar bay, mm-hmm. he bullseyes right, yeah. the control and the and the and the blast door shut, right? Yeah. Well, there's like, stuff about like he's just as much of a Mary Sue as as Ray is. It's the idea of well, it's, at least it's the hers idea is, ba- is backed up of, by the the plot of the movie. Yeah, and there's stuff about gender there, like about yeah. like the everybody has an idea, like the main characters purpose is to be like a great version of yourself or whatever the thing that i like the heroes the heroes are supposed to be heroic the thing that i like that tumblr always comments on is they're like (laughs) do people not realize that ray is like this trashy scavenger who's dirty all the time and is kind of not an idealized like it's like this thing that people portray her in in like the comments or in in au or fanfiction or whatever as like this sort of perfect the thing about Ray to me that is the most fascinating about her character is that Luke was very naive but earnest. Ray is also naive and earnest, but Luke wanted to get away from Tatooine and go off and explore and mm-hmm. have adventures and stuff. Ray didn't want that. Yeah. That's not, she was, she, what she wanted was a family yeah and when you look at their journeys you look at their hero's journeys and it's this is intentional because luke gets to dagobah and he does his training and then um he has the vision of han and leia Mm -hmm. in danger on bestman and he goes Mm -hmm. right and obi-wan and yoda tell him don't go don't go this is exactly what vader Mm -hmm. wants the emperor is just going to use you like he used Anakin. Like, don't go. Complete your training mm-hmm. so that we can defeat them. And their yes. thinking was flawed as well. But, yeah. but, <clears throat> um, but Luke goes anyways, despite what his two wise old teachers tell right. him not to do, because he thinks he knows better, and he thinks that being a hero is running off and saving the day. Right. Right. Um, but Ray in the Last Jedi mm-hmm. doesn't want to go confront Kylo Ren. Yeah, and she never refers to him as Kylo Ren once she no once she, she learns ben. what yeah. happened. She only ever calls him Ben. Yeah. Um, but she she goes because no one else will. Right. Right. Because she says to Luke, like she's she doesn't even say it. Mm-hmm. She's she just hands him the lightsaber, like points the lightsaber at him, and he shrugs away. And and she basically like looks at him and is like, "Fine, if you're not gonna do this, then I'm going to go save Ben because yeah. he's he's our worth, last hope." Yeah, worth it. She it's- doesn't think of herself as the one saving the day. Yeah. She's sent to go get Luke Skywalker. Right, yeah. because Luke Skywalker is going to save the day. She yeah. that doesn't work, so she decides I'm going to go. I'm going to go get Ben because yeah. if we can turn him, 
he will save the day. Yeah, exactly. She has no ego. Yeah, she she doesn't think it's for her. Can I just say how great it is that I so I googled Mary Sue because I always yeah. sort of know what Mary, but I don't know like <clears throat> yeah, the yeah, yeah. definition of a Mary Sue and I always like we talk about Mary Sues all the time and blah blah. But anyways, in it like literally they use Max Landis's article about Ray being a Mary Sue as like a popular subject of debate yeah. pertains to whether the Star Wars sequel trilogy features a Mary Sue as its protagonist. Like there's a whole big thing about it. And then they say Carolyn Framke of Fox commented that it's not and then somebody else said that maybe it is, but then overall people are arguing that because of Ray's backstory this is not true. Anyways, I just think that that's really funny that specific, like it's such a very popular thing that is literally in the uh all of Ray's... Oh, gross. Max Landis is your age. That always makes me so mad when I find out that, like, popular no. executive Stop. producers Hold are the up. same age no, no, as no. me. Stop. Hold up. Max so Landis is the son of John Landis. Oh. The director of, uh, uh, like, Animal House oh, and so American he's like Werewolf a... in London. He's a Hollywood he's a, kid. He's a... Oh, okay. He's, I feel less bad. Okay. He's not there of his based on his own talent. Like okay. granted, he did he did write Chronicle. Like he's done some I was good stuff. Say, he's he's gotta have done some good stuff, so, yeah. He is no more or less talented than I would say like the top ten percent of creatives. Right. He just has the connections right. to have so, that talent recognized. Gotcha. I I know lots of people who are just as good at writing as he is. Like, I know at least half a dozen people who could write a screenplay as good as Chronicle, but they'll never get a movie made, and they don't pursue stuff like that because they don't know anybody who could even help them get that made. There's this whole... So this is, like, that thing about, like, popular art. Like, do you... Like, is it automatic that you have to keep the art with the creator, or is there some (laughs) ability? And we talked about this before when we were talking about Arrow and stuff like that. So all the Max Landis stuff aside, because I don't know, I'll look yeah. into it. It's just it's kind of a fun show. I'm sure so it I'm is. okay. I'm sure it's a great and show. And the thing is, is that I I kind of like Douglas Adams as well. Yeah. And so it's a thing like it's not like it's from Max Landis's brain. Yeah. It's just he's he's just adapting. He's, he's adapting something. And it's Pepper, thing, leave ad- the microphone alone. Oh. It's um, a good ad- adaptation. Yeah. I haven't seen. I actually really do want to read the books now. Yeah. It seems really interesting. But um, I'm okay with this kind of media. Like, See, now, getting. like, my thing with Douglas Adams is that, like, like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, I really like the movie. I know that that's an unpopular opinion. But I like I, the movie, too. It's, I had, it's exactly yeah. what it's supposed to be. It's I weird. Had never, <laughs> I had never read the books oh, or any of that, right? Gotcha. So, um, so I and, like, didn't really know. I knew of Hitchhiker's Guide, but I right. didn't yeah. know Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. So when Crystal and I saw it, we were both like, that was fun. Yeah. I liked it. It's got a great cast. I mean, it's it's got Sam Rockwell and um, what's his face? Yeah. Watson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, 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 yeah. Zoe Deschanel and all sorts of Yeah. Like the cast is fantastic, right? It's such a, it is, I think it's a really great movie. Yeah. Um, And then I got the audio book for Hitchhiker's Guide. Which is supposed to be like like as far as audiobooks go, it's like one of the best because mm-hmm. it's, um, like like almost like radio drama yeah it's, level it's production that yeah stuff. yeah nice and uh, <laughs> um <laughs> I got like maybe about twenty minutes into it and I was like I can't do this oh no I just really? can't do this yeah because it's 
it's like that stuff that I used to complain about with Harry Potter. It's like that first chapter of Harry Potter where it's like... It's all descriptive. But see, this is that's yeah, the beauty of Douglas Adams. I don't... It, it, it's just... It's too sing-songy and it's... It's so clever. That's it's obnoxious. But here's it. That's why it's so good. So, and I have to just say this because I was again, it came up on a Tumblr post randomly, and I yeah. had a, I was teaching students to do speech arts, and one of the passages happened to be from Hitchhiker's Guide, and she's trying yeah. to teach us like a, a seventeen year old about Hitchhiker's Guide who hasn't read it yet, and they're just reading it as like a part of it. It makes no sense. Yeah. But there's this beautiful line, and people had had used it in Tumblr, and it's like the ships hung in the sky in the same way that bricks don't. And it's one of my favorite, like, it's so evocative of yeah, something, yeah. like, it's just, and it's funny. Like, it's just, like, a yeah. really cool, and I love that. I think, I feel like, I feel like any one of those lines is a yeah. great piece of literature by itself. Yeah. What I can't do is sit for a sustained period of time and just hear one after the right. other after the other because to me it's a person just sitting on stage brushing their beautiful hair yeah, it's just like look how pretty i am it's <laughs> like look how clever i am well if you've I already read this. and see i feel like if you already have seen the movie yeah one of the things that's great about douglas adams and i can imagine this from the dirk gently series yeah is that i would probably not enjoy reading the dirk gently series yeah. because once you know what's happening it's not as evocative yeah. and like because part of it is that the language sort of takes you on this journey yeah. of like humor and discovery of these characters and and i think that that's the thing like i've never gone back and reread hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy because i don't think that it would have the same yeah. the same resonance i i think i think it's it's a matter because i don't read that often and most of the time when i am experiencing a book it's through an audiobook mm -hmm. but <clears throat> the stuff that i enjoy is more often um it's more personal mm -hmm. it's like i like novels that go inside the mind that are that are first person perspective yeah. right and like like john carter is a great example right the like thing that i love about yeah. those books is that they are all told that well not all told the the first i think like three or four are told mm -hmm. from john carter's perspective yeah so a princess of mars is it's essentially a journal Right. And it's all yeah. his experiences. And as he... Um, the thing that I love the most about that first book mm -hmm. is that he arrives on Mars, on Barsoom, mm -hmm. and he doesn't speak the language. Oh, so and he's, he's there for months right. before he starts to learn it. And he learns it piece by piece by piece. And because he learns it piece by piece by piece, so, yeah. we do as well, yeah, right? Yeah, and so like, you start yeah. to learn some of the words and some of the language that they use, like what a Jeddak is, and, right. and and these phrases and stuff like that, that it is simultaneously world building and character development. And, but that's that's you knowing what you like as a... Yeah, for sure. A, yeah, yeah. For sure. So I it's see. like, that's that's what I want mm -hmm. more than anything. And so every once in a while, something that's a little bit more of like a third person mm -hmm. omniscient, like mm -hmm. the way that the Harry Potter I was gonna say, books yeah, are written. Yeah. But because they are observational. It's like, oh, well, here's everything from a, mm -hmm. a, an objective point of view. Here's mm -hmm. what this dragon looks like. Yeah. But then Harry experiences something and it talks or like a, like a Dementor, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not just... The Dementor is big and black and scary. It's 
the Dementor is big and black and scary, but more importantly, looking at it fills you with this cold, empty right. feeling of dread. So you right? get a little bit of both, and that's what you yeah, like. Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Whereas you can, where, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the exact, like, it's not that, it's just fully. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, <laughs> I fully understand why that would be. And yeah. and because it works for that particular style and that and yeah. that thing, but it's I understand not why people like it. It yeah. just doesn't work for me. Yeah, right. And I would rather see it as a movie. I would rather have it condensed into that form. Hitchhiker's Guide is not for everybody. No, in terms of like just as a totally book not. or as a narrative totally as well. Not. So yeah, it's all good. But yeah, it's a uh, Dirk Gently worth worth checking out. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of cool. I I think awesome. I have it in my queue, but I think I have other stuff ahead of that that I would rather. So I, I love. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I haven't finished the first season yet, yeah. but it's I'm one episode away from the end. But I love stuff that is cohesive, long form narrative. It's yeah, like an eight hour movie, and yeah. that's what I really love. So yeah, that's like why Stranger I Things, that's why right. I like it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if you want an eight hour movie yeah. that that actually ties together a lot of stuff real well, and also the guy that plays um, I mean he was the evil guy in the terrible Fantastic Four movies from a real long time ago. I want to say his name is Victor, but it's not. That's his name. That's the, character's the character's name. name. Yeah, I know the Anyways, actor. You know about. the actor I'm talking about. He's a he's from, doing like a TV resurgence right now. Anyways, from Nip Tuck. He's, yeah, he and was he's from in Nip Tuck. and he's in uh, he's in Runaways, right? So, <coughs> oh yeah, yeah. So he's doing like a. We real... finished it, by the way. Oh, did we, you? Yeah, we finished nice. the season. Nice. And he's... I'll just say to everybody who made and look, Curtis, I'm calling you. You're not listening to this, <laughs> but Curtis Finley, my co-host on. Cartoon Afternoon and yeah. Pullbox Podcast. I'm calling you up because you made this observation, which I'm not even going to put my fingers up to do the, the, the quotes. quote smart because you guys heard it in my voice. <laughs> I, everybody's saying around like the middle of the season, I'm really enjoying Runaways, but I'm just wondering when exactly are they going to run away? <laughs> right. I <laughs> shut your face. <laughs> Pick up the comic books. They don't run away in the in the comics until the end of the first volume. Yeah, just like the series. Yeah. Guess what? They ran away at the end of season one, and it's not beat for beat. The series is very different from the comics. Yeah, like, yeah. like, but in a good way. Almost you know, like... like the plot could not be more different from the comics. The only thing it retains is in the first episode. And at which, like, the first episode is almost like a copy of the first issue yeah. of the series, yeah. And which is perfect, mm-hmm. but from there, it's like because because they're not dealing with any of the other Marvel Universe stuff, um, which I don't know. I'm hoping that with the 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 Fox Disney acquisition, that um, that in season two they'll come back and they'll just like reference Captain America. Or something like that. I, they I must can have just not got that far in Runaways because I do not remember Captain America in the comics. In the comics, no. well, okay. So they don't. Volume three is Escape, or maybe it's Volume two is Escape to New York. But <laughs> when they go to New York, when they do go to New York, they no, it's it's Volume three because Volume one. I was gonna is, say it's got to be. They past run away. Two. Volume yeah. two is when they confront their parents. Spoilers for a comic that's really old, they kill their parents, um, or their parents die. I mean, they don't actively kill them, but there's uh, another spoiler that I won't give away because if people are only watching the show, I don't want to give that away. Yeah. 
But I don't um, think that they're gonna <clears throat> let them kill them their parents in the show. I don't think so. Either. Yeah, they've, they've it's gonna be, it they've, totally and they've gone to, so differently. Yeah. Um, I'm really liking the way. I I guess I don't remember running because I do not in remember vo- that in kind volume of stuff, yeah. three after everything that happens in volume two. Yeah. The fallout of that is the team leaving Los Angeles and going to New York. The right. idea, the original premise that Brian K. Vaughn had for setting it in Los Angeles was that on the West Coast, there There's are no, no superheroes. superheroes. Yeah. Because all of the supervillains are on the East Coast. They're all in right. Manhattan, right? right. So <clears throat> you all, you don't need super vill- superheroes in no LA yeah. because there are no supervillains. Only it turns out that the Pride are supervillains. They're just way better at it than any of the East Coast supervillains because they're right. all low key, right? And like yeah. they they all have like legitimate businesses and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. they're all Norman Osborn without the Green Goblin, yeah. basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So exactly. so like that's sort of the the whole premise. So to escape from that, they go to New York, and when they go to New York, they run into first they run into Spider Man, and then Wolverine shows up. Uh, because wow. Molly is a mutant, right? Oh, and then, and then yeah. at the end of it, Captain America shows up, right. and that's sort of the thing that, like, because they're right. runaways, right? And they don't have parents, and uh, so like Cap shows up and is like, like they want to help them, right? But yeah, I didn't. They're know... also the police, essentially, See, right? And that's such a weird thing. I didn't realize that Molly was a mutant. I forgot all of this forgot stuff. That, yeah. But it, I like what they're doing in the show. Like it's all yeah. good. Anyways, so, they so, they can be their own. Thing. I hope I do be. hope that they come back after after the ink is dry on that deal and they can just just retcon it. It's like th- there are two things that I hope they just get retcon that don't go away. They just get retcon and they can just continue doing what they're doing. Deadpool mm-hmm. and Runaways. Because, like, with Deadpool, the first movie, and the second movie comes out later this year, so we'll see yeah. what happens in that one. But the first movie can be in the MCU. Yeah. There's nothing in it that stops it from being in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah Because sure. it's, the only thing would be a Deadpool referencing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Oh, right. But he's Deadpool, so he can reference outside of yeah, yeah. the continuity that yeah. he's in. yeah. Because he can break the fourth wall. It's one of his superpowers, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But, like, the final fight in Deadpool takes place on a helicarrier. Oh. Like, if you go back and watch that movie, that's a helicarrier. But it's a it doesn't look like the helicarriers. I thought it was a shipbuilding port. Yeah, but if you look at it, it has jets on it. Like, oh. it has big jet engines on the sides oh. of this battleship Fair. that All they're, right. that they're cool. fighting on. Um, so it is a helicarrier. It's meant to be a helicarrier. I... And uh, and and you just keep going with with Deadpool. You bring back that Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and you just put the rest of the X Men in mm. one of them. But here's the thing: I don't like need the, it the, to be. Why X-Men can't it just be its own thing? The whole Marvel universe doesn't have to be connected. Yes, I'm it perfectly does. fine with no, Deadpool it being its own thing. Okay, it well you can connected. do whatever you want. But I, I didn't want know... it to be connected because I want I want I I. I want the new Spider-Man. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Who's the kid that plays Spider-Man now? Oh, no. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Yeah. I, all I could think was Tom Hiddleston. But, yeah, yeah uh, who's Loki, obviously. But Tom, I want Tom Holland to to 
show up in Runaways. It's never going to happen. But wouldn't that be awesome if, like, yeah, in season yeah. three, they yeah. do go to New York? Yeah, that'd be cool. And there's just one episode where Spider-Man shows up. And they don't even, like, like this is the thing. Get creative about how you're going to do that. Spider-Man never has to take his mask off in that episode that he's in. Yeah. Right? So you just get somebody else to in do the it. suit and then you just get to Tom show Holland's up. Voice, yeah. And then you just get Tom Holland to VO it. And yeah. he's in, like, two scenes. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And yeah. he can do his uh, dynamite roll joke, and uh, which that shows how much I love Brian K. Vaughn. Is that like I remember that? So they have a fight, and it's in a uh, sushi place. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Spider Man does a flip to get out of the way, and he refers to it as a dynamite roll. And it's like, and he's like, too much? It's like, <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn's Spider Man is so good. Because he, yeah. he just writes him with all the silly jokes and right, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like I said, it shows how much, like, he's my favorite comic writer because I memorized one of his <laughs> Spider-Man jokes. The, I haven't read that volume in... I was going to say, it's been a real long time. A decade? Yeah, it's been crazy. a long time since I... I read wow. volume one for Pullbox a little while ago and thought about continuing and then didn't. Um, but, yeah, it's been forever since I read that. But that is stuck in my brain. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, Runaways is good. They ran away at the end. And yeah. if you made that pithy comment around the middle of the season you're a bad person and you should feel bad about yourself well not because i want you to feel bad but because i i I, you need to feel bad so that you know you did something wrong so you can learn from it and grow as a human being because that's what i want for everybody listening to this (laughs) is to grow as a human being i is this going to be our first episode of a regularly scheduled i don't know man sure it's up to you I, it's I yeah I mean it can be okay. Julian McMahon 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 yeah McMahon McMahon anyways that's the actor that's now making like Julian burning McMahon. his way through TV like really good TV right now yeah. so it's good he does a good job he plays yeah he, it's his I like his character in, in Dark Gently because he's he's only you only see him as a photograph in the first episode mm. and I was like hey that actor guy obviously he's gonna be important later they're just yeah. referencing this person on the flip side of your Netflix experience I've been going through comedians in cars getting coffee nice uh, which is the exact opposite of what you described <laughs> it's like an eight hour movie it's like these are fifteen minute conversations like nice. that cut down to just the bare bones nice but I've been going through that and enjoying yeah. it cool but yeah. This could be a regular scheduled. Why not? I mean, I am specifically okay, so podcasting tomorrow with Ryan for something, so I don't know yeah. what that'll be. Well, that'll like just be the Thunderbolt podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. These were always meant to be a regularly scheduled. <laughs> it's kind of the reason why a regularly scheduled was made. Well, kind of. Regularly scheduled was originally so that I could just do whatever I wanted to do without any rules. Fair. But then I realized I don't have any time to do that. Yeah, that's fair. I tried, but... This is good. Pre-arrow time. time is a good time to talk about everything. So, yeah. So, it's fine yeah. that it's awesome. both of us now. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will go up on Patreon for Patreon supporters. Yeah. Sometime. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll push it to Saturday. Maybe I'll stagger those releases so that, like, yeah. Fridays, people get quiver, and then Saturdays, they get a regular scheduled mm-hmm. on Patreon, and then a week later, people it'll go live to everybody on the, mm-hmm. on the regularly scheduled website. Which means that I don't have to get that ready this week. Yeah. I can do that next week by myself a week. Yay. Which is nice. I like now that it's recorded, it has to happen. Yep. 
Excellent. Okay, cool. We won't even have like a An intro. intro. It's just random. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> what like thunderclack where we don't care <laughs> all of that but all of that stuff is like this idea of like oh well if we tell everybody our twitter then they'll go follow us if we told, tell them where the website is they'll go read the website and that's fine for like for for quiver and rebels because the sexual stuff because there. <laughs> tim is over there and yeah. he's actually like Tim's posting great. news yeah but um the irregularly scheduled website it only exists so that it, there's an rss feed to yeah. put into itunes nice the sole purpose of it good so don't well, good. don't go there <laughs> just don't do it but people can ask us questions still on twitter they could but they could listen to twitter but, it, but so the larger point of that is that if you're listening to this <laughs> you already know where to go <laughs> go good. listen to one of the other podcasts thanks for, thanks for listening to the yep. irregularly scheduled right. hey this has been mike and amanda talk <laughs> about random things see but now you're doing an outro no i'm not that was kind of an outro that was like the start of an outro don't do it. Fine. It just ends. <laughs>